Jeez, the storm. It always comes like right at bedtime. Mm-hmm. So kids can't go to sleep. Also, they've been redoing a lot of power lines in my neighborhood. So I'm kind of like, I hope this wind doesn't knock all the power out. <laughs> but if, if I all of a sudden go off the air... And we're back. Uh, welcome to Break Drink Podcast. I'm Laura. Yes. Hey, I'm Jeff. <laughs> He's not in a cave, but it did sound like it earlier on. I'm out we're, of cave. We're in fall weather mode in Tejas, and uh, it's probably the weather's shifted for everyone in all over the U.S. in the world. But in Texas, like we get these severe sideways rains and storms, and maybe a tornado every now and then. Hi, Dallas did. Yeah, and that's happening right now. And both of our, the same storm goes from my house to past your house and up to Kansas City or something like that. Yeah, when there's no mountains or real terrain, they can just fly straight through that storm. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fun Texas fact before we move to today's topic. Uh, this is the Texas journey, the AAA, we're AAA members. Uh, it's got like a picture I'm going to show Jeff and it nice. says... Taco Land, a guide to our state's essential tacos, from breakfast to barbacoa and beyond. There's actually a place here called Taco Land. Really? Is it good? Yeah. I haven't eaten there, but I hear it's good. There's too many choices. That's Yes, there um, are. Our newspaper did 365 days of tacos. Mm-hmm. And when you really have 365 options of tacos, like that's too many. That's I'm not going to say too many choices because you literally at every corner you have quality tacos to eat but like i can't eat them all well you can't essentially um hit them all like you're not gonna do one taco a day because that's over taco yeah imagine the pitching your your uh, food editor i got an idea (laughs) 365 days of tacos so basically like i'm not buying my own lunch for a whole year so today i thought i'd uh, share with you and our listeners I've got a big test coming up soon. I have my U.S. immigration interview coming up, and they have this thing called the civics test. You yes. have to give answers to the naturalization test. Uh, so I thought I'd ask you some questions, Jeff, and maybe our listeners to uh, think about uh, if they know these, if, especially if they're in the U.S. Yeah, this doesn't make me nervous. I don't know if I'm going to know this or not. I want to. <laughs> I, I want to know that. I hope I do. I hope I'm good enough to be a citizen. Well, so since the last time someone in my house took this test, um, my partner is from Ireland. I'm from Canada. The the Irish one, he did it. They, he was given a book and on um, a, a CD they could play in the car. Now everything they put online, like they, they have audio online, they have an app, they have like uh, the quick flashcards and things like that. So they're much more. Um, this is only like a couple of years ago that they didn't have any of this. I would say that wasn't that long ago. No, no, he did this in 2015. So um, I think it's hilarious, but there are a hundred questions of history and government um, that you need to answer a no to pass. But I was reading through and going through the app and I, I was thinking, I don't know if some of these answers are correct or this app hasn't been updated because there's people. <laughs> well, no, the, because the funding has been cut to update the app. <laughs> well, well, even online, because some of these people aren't in office or like you actually have to name like 
who is the president of the United States? And I, depending on the day, who knows uh, who the president will be by this time in November when I take the exam. So when I, when I meet my immigration officer and answer the questions. Or if they say, who's the per- current head of the Department of Energy? That could have changed five <laughs> times since it was updated. Like the Department of Energy guy who talked to Ukraine but didn't talk to Ukraine. Yeah. So that's a thing. So there's some shifting things on these that are um, current government questions. And then there's history ones that you'd know. So like an example is, uh, I'll try to give you an easy one. Oh, okay. what are two rights in the Declaration of Independence? Oh, really? That's that, that's that basic. So you can say assembly or speech or... Oh, Declaration of Independence. I went Constitution. Wow. See, I would have gotten it wrong. Eh. Okay. Do you have? Do you want to correct your answer? The two rights in the Declaration of Independence. Live long and prosper. <laughs> correct. Life, liberty, <laughs> pursuit of happiness. So, like, so when Fierger was studying for it, he would like repeat everything that goes underneath it, and you only have to give two. So, like, the other another question was like, did, what? did he? Oh, oh, so he just went like went to the three. Did he yes. ever like go into the John Locke mode of saying like uh, right to own land? Well, there is, no, it's something like, what are two cabinet level positions? And he could go secretary of agriculture, commerce, defense, education, energy, health. And they're like, no, we said two, sir. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's things like that. Um, and there's also like, um, like who signs bills to become laws. Okay. President. As well, I now. guess, I mean, I, I assume all these questions are federally based, right? Mostly, so federal law is what they're talking about. But they also ask about senators. So they'd say, who does the senator serve? Or who does the senator represent? The people of the state. Very good, I Jeff. Hope. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, hypothetically, well, theoretically, the people of the state. Sometimes self-serving, sometimes. We have to look at their, you know, fundraising materials. I mean. <laughs> who are they backing? <laughs> yeah. Big plastic. Who backs them? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some of these things. And uh, you could, like, you could give one answer responses or you could give, like, multiple. Like, what name one war fought by the United States in the 1900s? In the 1900s? Yes. Spanish-American War. 1900s? No, I don't know. Actually, that was that was Teddy Roosevelt early on. Yeah. Like, let's say 1945 or... So, you can pick it either, either the World Wars. Yes. You could yes. go... Yeah. I forget the name of the war in the Philippines, but is that where the Philippines... There's the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War. Korean War or Persian Gulf War. Like, those are some examples. So, you yeah. only have to say one. Um, I but like, can't yeah. could take, say, Korean, because that was never officially a war. That was, a, that was never declared a war. I don't know if I could fact check some of these. As a history major, I'd like to. Wait, because, was Korean War in there? Yeah, it is in there. Yeah, because that, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, it was a war, right? Mm-hmm. Guns were shot. People died. But Congress actually never declared it a war. It always was officially a conflict, but. Well, so it's interesting that as you go through this, there's the app that only has like kind of pre-filtered answers and they don't have like an algorithm that would mix it up and give you a new response. So an example was name one U.S. territory. And when you have the app, like it gives you multiple choice and you pick one, it always says Guam. 
I think they don't want to acknowledge Puerto Rico as a territory. This is the bias of the app. So, so Guam is always like the, 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 the one that you can pick. Essentially. Yeah. Like Canada is listed as <clears> one and that is incorrect. So do you, are you up on all of your territories? Uh, well, for the most part, like I only have, so in this. So, so Guam, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. Yeah. American um, Samoa. American Samoa. And? Are there more? There's one more. It's a tough one. It's not probably, uh, Northern Marina Islands is the other one. I would not have gotten that. Yeah. So you only have to give one. So there are a hundred questions to study for and they, um, ask you 10 or they, or your goal is to get six correct. Like the bar is really low. Like 60% is all you need. And once you get the six correct, they stop. So, okay. And they, you have ch- a chance of adding those 10 questions, but like, it's interesting, like name one state that borders Canada. North Dakota. Yeah, that's one of them, but there's like a whole bunch of them. Right. So there's like, uh, so Washington, Idaho, Montana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you only have to pick one or like, when do we celebrate independence day? <laughs> <laughs> I can't let it slip and go. Wow, that basic, huh? Yeah, like there's some that's pretty basic, um, and like there's one that I'd like to refute. There's like two national U.S. holidays, and the example that they kept picking. Um, do you know what the national holidays are? The national holidays, so MLK Day, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Labor Day. So you, the um, Labor Day is definitely one, but it's not always celebrated in Arbor Day. Uh, Texas, let's just say that. Um, Thanksgiving and, and Labor Day are the two that they often put together. Those are the two. Interesting. Because MLK is not always celebrated. Yeah. But is, is it a, it was a, so it was, I think, a federal holiday before we recognized it here as a state holiday. Like, like Labor Day was happening before we had it off in school. I've had to work Labor Day in this state here. So I don't believe it's, I, that's when I read it. I was like, that's, we're supposed to have that off. No. I also like, I don't know. I guess I was thinking, when is my bank closed? And to name <laughs> all of those days. But there, there's tough ones. Like, so when was the constitution written? You would get, you don't want to confuse that with. Like when was it first written? Yeah. When was the oh, constitution like, written? Uh, so I guess that was so okay. So I would say early is that early eighteen hundred. So it's either like it's kind of right at the turn of the century, right? Right. So independence. So I'd say early, it's early eighteen hundreds. Well, the Declaration of Independence was seventeen seventy six. Very good. Yes. So the Constitutional. Then they fought a war for eight years. <laughs> Almost. So. Yeah. So it was written in. You're doing your math here on this. Yeah. And then they had the Federalist Papers. Mm-hmm. And then they, as I mean, I kind of know like the rough area it is. Yes, yeah, the, the rough area because it's like the time between okay, the war is over and they form a country. You kind of just think that happens, but there's probably years in the middle of that, right? As far as like trying to adopt the constitution, negotiate the capital, and all that. Right. So they have to. So it's not. So seventy seventy six is the declaration, and then if you're going to take a guess on the year, it would be. 1812, 1807. What's the year? There you go. 1787. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was farther off than that. We have some, uh, you know, amendments and whatever, like they also asked like, what are the first, and I should find this, but what are the first, um, uh, 10 amend the 10 aspect amendments of the constitution. Very, very good. Yeah. And then how many amendments does the constitution have? Total. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's a great question. It is a good question. And I didn't realize it's, it's a lot more than I thought when I guessed. So 19, 20, 25? Close, 27. So like there are some like tough ones like that that you want to be like, uh, like there are some things, they ask things around. um, They did, uh, they ask about September 11th. uh, You have to respond. It's an act of terrorism. You like, they also ask things like what kind of economic system the U.S. has, and that's capitalist or market economy. Like you have to know some other things about that. Um, yeah so and it and there are like how many years everything everyone's elected for so we know the president is for uh-huh. um but like uh senator Senate six that's a long time i always thought that was it long. is a long time yeah. yeah that is correct and then uh congress Two. yeah which means you're basically always running for office Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of ridiculous. And then like yeah. the House of Representatives has like how many voting members, like things like that, that I had to be like, oh yeah. Um, so, so there's uh, 538 electoral votes minus 100, so 438 close 435 so yeah uh, there's 100 senators meaning you're right it's 430 it's 535 um give or take some that may not be there but yeah so there's stuff like that that i was kind of like oh okay just make sure i read that up and, and now i may generally know the ballpark of that number i don't know why that's the number like i don't know why that was like a random number um, um the 435 that's the that's the senators, right? So that's kind of the distribution of where they are, I think, per yeah. state. Um, which who knows? But there was other questions like, um, so who like you you need to know like the names of the vice president, president, current if that should be so passed, and like if those two couldn't serve, who could serve? If the vice president, and president couldn't serve. Uh, uh, Senate? No. Um, oh, uh, Senate pro temp. Is that next? No, Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Bring That's on, right. Bring because, on because, because the Vice President is the President of the Senate. Yeah. So Speaker of the House, yeah. Exactly. And so there's a few of those. Like, And I, I, would, know, I would know some historical ones. Like, I was okay with like knowing who Susan B. Anthony is. Postmaster General's on that list somewhere, by the way. Oh, um, who's on that? I mean, it's way down the list, but it's like. Yeah. No, you're correct. You are correct. And you do need to know geography, like simple ones, where the oceans are on which side of the country, uh, okay. west and east, and then like the long name one of the two longest rivers in the United States. Oh, Mississippi, Ohio. I I thought it was like Mississippi and Colorado, but it's actually the Missouri, Missouri River. Oh yeah. I did, which I was like, oh, note to self. Um, and like, there's the easy ones. Like we would know name of states that border Mexico and where is the statue of Liberty? 
like the original one or is like the, like can you say vegas no it's it's uh <laughs> you can't say mini and, and is the answer ellis island or is it new york it's new york harbor yeah they, they don't say um but there's like little asterisks so if you are 65 years and older have been a legal pre- permanent resident from the united states for 20 years or more you may not have to uh you may study just the, the ones with the asterisk and like the Statue of Liberty is one of them and the capital of the United States is another. Like they have like specific ones like that they uh-huh. only have to study. So if only I was older. I'm not that old yet. Though. So, so what, was, what was the like the thing you have learned most going over this? Well, that's a good question. Um, I was wondering if these were correct. Like the, the national holiday one was um, – one that I was like, they kept giving like Thanksgiving and Labor Day, but I was like, is that true? Um, it reminded me of my history. Like I studied history in undergrad. So, and I did study a lot of U.S. history because um, I studied colonies, colonizers. And so uh, looking at <laughs> Americans as a colonizer in some ways. Um, so I looked at a little bit around slavery and civic um, civil war um, but I was trying to think what was interesting. Oh, like the territory, and I should know this from going there, but the territory the United States bought from France in 1803 was? Louisiana Purchase. Louisiana Territory, yeah. Oh. Yeah, which is the Louisiana Purchase. Like I was just yeah. reminded of some of the simple things or who signed, like the who's one of the writers of the Federalist Papers. Um, Hamilton, John Jay, and someone else. I think James Madison. Wasn't James it? Madison, yes. Yeah. So, like, and they list a bunch of them there. So, um, you you are correct. Uh, all, those are all of them. And then I'm trying to think. No, there wasn't. Like, I knew like the 13. I think you have to name three of the 13 original states, the 13 colonies, and I knew that that's also why there are 13 striped on the flag. So, but, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know if there was anything that stumped me really. I even know tax day because I pay taxes in a couple countries. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I have to really think about dates because when I like read a biography of, you know, Abraham Lincoln or uh, Ulysses, Ulysses S. Grant, I, I, I remember the narrative pretty well, but like, I don't, I don't really remember the date of when, you know, uh, Lee surrendered Appomattox. Like I don't, you know, right. I, I have so I have to like really think about you know when it may have this war may have started, how long it lasted. I so the dates I kind of will always kind of stumble through and can kind of ballpark them, but um, the the stories of it I try to remember and read read up still. Yeah, because dates were never really hard pressed in history, even like so. I never really had to know like you had to know general timelines where things fell. But yeah, I, yeah so there are some things like that. Um, the other thing, like having to think about what each branch does in government. So I'm very more comfortable with the parliamentary s- system, and uh, you didn't you didn't congratulate my uh, minority elected Lily leader Justin Trudeau is back. Uh, oh yeah, so um, I need I need an update on that. I don't really know what happened. He was what elected. It's a minority government, which just means they put them in check and balance. I think um, the new Democrat Party. But he almost, he almost, wasn't he, did he almost lose? Yeah, no, he, he was. And he, uh, I think he narrowly won because the um, new NDP, the new Democrat Party, wanted to um, 
use their votes to make sure that he was still elected and that because the conservative leader, uh, the PC, progressive conservative leader that was going to push him out is bananas and like doesn't believe in women's rights for anything of their body, like to a bunch of other really uber conservative things. Um, So I think NDP uh, folks had swung some of their, like had encouraged some of their people to vote liberal just to make sure he was elected because with the three major parties, we obviously have more, but the three major parties decide um, also who gets elected and then is there a minority and majority government? So at least he's elected with a minority government, which means he could be pushed out in the next couple of years. Like there's going to be probably another election. We'll see. Could you imagine if that crazy guy in Canada was actually elected as prime minister and then the U S election came around again, where would the liberal people in America threaten to move to? Mm, if Canada's has as crazy of a leader as we do. Well, some of them might go back to their home. Like a lot of our, like I'm a first generation Canadian, but my parents, my dad's not. So like they, they could consider going back to the homelands, I guess if they, Although around the world, we're having some populist leaders pop up and a lot of issues. So I don't know if there's like a, you know, reason to flee versus reason to, I guess, the yeah. fight or flight. I think I'd fight. I think I'd stay in. Yeah. Um, I heard something really good on a podcast it, that someone said, maybe it was Regina King was talking about Sam Sanders, but she said, essentially, you got to love the country you're in and patriotism is accepting it for all the good, the bad, the ugly and staying to stick it out and to make it better. So it's it's actually interesting how patriotism manifests itself in, in individuals and the tribes that they affiliate with. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hold to high standards the things I love so much, which is why I get mad when you know religious leaders make bad decisions or the state I live in makes bad laws or the country elects um literally bad people or corrupt, corrupt people. Uh, and then I don't quite resonate with the people who just want to hunker down and don't admit there's mistakes or flaws in their, in their person. And this happens on both sides. This is not like just the state of the current president. Um, this happens with all, all tribalism parties in, and, yeah, I'm loyal to a tribe, but I'm also going to say, like, look, our tribe is screwing this up. We got to get ourselves together and like go fix this thing. And it's uh, it's just weird. I really feel like I I spend a lot of my time homeless. Like, um, I I'm just gonna like leave my tribe for a little bit, go camp out over here, my own, get this together, and I'll come back. Well, the one thing that gets mentioned is what is freedom of religion is you can practice any religion or not practice religion. But my concern is... Does it say any religion with an asterisk next to it? Uh, no, there's no asterisk. There. <laughs> Only mainstream American religions can practice. <laughs> yeah, we're, we don't want an extremist because then it's terrorism. Um, no, I think it's interesting because... I don't know if you're... Did you watch The Family, that uh, Netflix series? No. Do you know what it's about? The, no. Uh, it's kind of like... Grooming. Oh, wait, don't say a boot when you're when you're in the interview. Uh, I don't. I'm allowed to. I've heard. <laughs> I watched the video. The people in the video have accents too. It's fine. Um, no, <laughs> I, like I won't go into the details in case you watch it or anyone else does. But it's essentially building up um, 
it's a weird kind of good boy following not exactly one kind of religion, but like a morality of life and well-being, and they'd help build upon each other. And that was them building upon political future leaders or getting um, funding towards uh, donation places in Africa. Like there's a bunch of corruptness meets politics meets religion on the, on the premise of we're being part of a good boys network of spiritually, morally good people. Um, and the writer, it was from based off a book. The author of this book is Jeff Charlotte. Uh, it's called The Family, The Secret Fundamentalism at the Heart of American Power. It really gets into what conservative Christian groups do and how they wield lots of influence and power in Washington, D.C. So I recommend either the book or the Netflix series, whatever you can get to first. And yeah, I'm not going to say more about it, but go check it out. It's very interesting. I'm worried about you now because this is like, he felt like he was on his own and need to be belonging somewhere, which we all do. That's society. Um, but we don't necessarily have to find home or belong in a cult-like thing like this one. Uh, but people do gravitate towards or look for people that are not uh, fitting in or not finding their, if you call it tribe, or they call their place or where they belong. Um, they do seek out people that are kind of t untethered and go, oh, you should come in with us. And to go to the college campuses, uh, this is mm. a big deal on college campuses. Uh, there's, uh, I don't want to say it. There's, there was one, I mean, I don't, I don't fully remember the name. So if I say it wrong, but there was one that was like, it sounded like it was a derivative of Church of Christ mm -hmm. as far as like the name of the religion, but it really had nothing to do with the, the Church of Christ. It was, it was this very cult-like religion that was, that was starting in cities with colleges there, and they were growing very fast the way they, um, I guess, reached out to or supported or minister to or whatever you want to call it college students that seem to be just like a money grab and this cult type following it was it was really um no i haven't heard of it in years so maybe it went away or i got in financial trouble because they tend they tend to fall apart more for financial tax reasons and other reasons but sure but there was a time in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was the rise of cults on college campuses was pretty uh, drastic. And uh, it's a thing that I haven't thought about in a lot, long time until we start chatting now, but I don't know if that's the case or not. Can I ask, like, so I had worked at a um, public institution and I noticed quite a few churches, like, physically present on a, that campus. Mm -hmm. And that that seems weird. Like they have physical property, uh, maybe even some prime parking. Um, and there's a few different denominations there. Like, how is that possible? So like uh, Baptist Student Ministries and the yeah. Wesley Foundation and Catholic, there's a Catholic organization. There's Jehovah's um, One as well. There's, there's, uh, there's, I forgot what the Jewish organization is. So, <clears throat> so largely is they, for some of them, they bought property decades ago. Okay. Uh, near the institution before the institution swallowed them up. So um, they, they may not like officially be on campus, but almost like a Greek house is like not officially part of the campus, but it's on campus. Mm -hmm. The way the campus grew or like en enveloped it around. And there are denominational or uh, religious organizations that fund staff for those 
areas. So um, the Wesleyan Foundation, the Methodist organist arm of the Wesleyan Foundation will pay for someone to be like a, a campus minister to like run programs. It's very student affairsy, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's it, their programs, their outreach, their support, those those kinds of things. They do Bible studies, those kinds of things. Uh, they're run like like on on the campus, and so that's like a really really traditional like an old model of of uh, of like I guess campus campus outreach, but. Well, and we have a we have a non denominational kind of meeting place as well that anyone could practice any religion there. But like, there's actually specific groups on campus that I always thought was kind of odd to have it on the same property. But now that you say this, like if they had bought that piece of land or built their church before and the yeah. campus grew around it, then maybe that makes sense. Um, and then when you come to affinity groups, like you're going to your your group that you belong to, but you also want them to integrate with other folks. Like, I guess is that just natural in the u.s like where we go this is where we fit in and our classification is this political affiliation this religion um instead of having common things that we come together like a community garden or a like something that we would do as a group to um fix up our parks or areas or something like that Um, i feel in my lifetime we have gone to our tribes more so now than any time i've experienced mm -hmm. and you know, when I, um, early in my career, when I worked at the University of Texas campus as someone who went to a small private liberal arts Baptist college, like there was a bit of culture shock and, you know, probably the first, well, I wouldn't say it's the first time I met gay people mm-hmm. or like interacted, but they weren't closeted, right? <laughs> so that, sure. because... You had some openly um, openly LGBTQ friends that were right. So, yes. like, there are definitely people I went to college with at a Baptist university. <laughs> they were gay. They just uh, didn't come out right sure, at that sure. at that time, but but have since then. So, so, um, but and it was different, and I but I loved it. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. I love the like I learned like you learned so much just listening to other people and when you know friend of the show jessica pettit when i first met her um i i she was like this um like tornado of awesomeness right and Mm -hmm. uh we started at university of arizona the same time and immediately became friends and other than the fact that we're both from texas and like we're nice people like we don't really have a ton of stuff in common sure but we immediately became like really close and and, um, and really good friends, and, and and it was great. Like I learned, I learned so much from her around social justice, justice issues and and everything. So, uh, so like I like revel in the different like the different cultures and and, but that's not a thing to be lauded now or to even sought mm-hmm. out. Like everyone's just kind of going back to their corners. And trying to to stay there, and it's uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of navigate in that. Yeah, because it's it's hard. It's hard work. Um, it's awkward, and it's uncomfortable, and it's easier to retreat to what you know and feel safe instead of having a random conversation. And I would I was listening to um, 
a podcast by Tristan Harris's group is uh, Center for Humane Living. So he was the recent, he was the original developer that would have in, like automatic scroll and work to have apps more addictive. And now he's like, we need to get back and have more. Um, the podcast is called Undivided Attention. Hmm. And he had someone on there and they were talking a bit about is we do need to figure out like, I don't know, maybe we need civil works projects again. Like let's bring out back old FDRs, things that we need to accomplish. Like, Hey, maybe we work on some um, inter country, like interstate uh, rails to other things. Like we have some of those projects that are joining us together more instead of be based on affiliation, a religion, a party, a political party. Like there are more things that we would come together and agree on than don't, but I don't know. You're right. Like, like if I could pick, um, you know, without consequence, wherever in the world is that I wanted to live, like they would probably be, be some of the most like least active religious places. And, and it's not because it's not, that's not important to me. It's because that's not, I don't feel I have to be, um, I, I feel that's part of the experience Mm-hmm. Is and that's part of the challenge, I guess, or part of the um, to to embrace to embrace that. And I feel um, I feel partly Christianity in America is totally watered down because I think like country music songs or Christian songs or whatever it is. Like people who say claim to be an evangelical don't really know what that word means. It means they vote Republican, and like that's just like so messed up of what evangelicalism even is. And so it's like um, so. Like I would love to, to like live in place. Even if I lived in places in the U.S., there'd be places that aren't like church culture, right? Yeah, I think you're um, right. Yeah, we just gotta move you further north or west or something, uh, northeast, west. Well, I could just move you to Canada. Like we, have, however, the, however, the tacos in Canada here are not very good. Uh, there's places that are up and coming. Depends on where you go. I know where you can get a good burrito in uh, parts of Toronto. So no, I think. Um, I think you're right. Like it was never an emphasis on things. And I think when you get opened up and you get exposed to like, I had gone to Catholic school, which is very different than Catholic schools here, but still I went to high school and my best friend was Jewish. And I was like, what is this faith? And then someone else I met was Buddhist. I was like, I've not been exposed to all this. Sure. We had world religion, but it's not the same. It's not really world religion. Like you don't know about cultural things get taught, brought into it. And uh, we're not the only country that has religion impacting politics, right? So a lot of our friends that are in South America, uh, formerly Ireland and other places where Catholicism ruled, yeah, yeah. That's, that's shifted and changed as we see some of those power structures uh, fall and rightfully fall because they're not trusted anymore. Um, by the way, there was a great article in Texas Monthly probably in June. I don't remember when it came out because I always read them like late by the so time I get I. around. I, like, like, like some Saturday I sit there and read like three or four of them. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. It was, it was, it was about the school shooting. It was a year after the school shooting in uh, Santa Fe, Texas, which is between Houston and Galveston. And there was a an exchange student from Pakistan. I believe she was from, um, I could have, I, I maybe have her country of origin wrong. They got randomly assigned to Santa Fe, Texas. And her first day of school, she defended a girl who was like evangelical Christian to the core. And Good. they, she was starting, she had been homeschooled. And so she was actually starting public school for the first time. And they like, 
almost instantly became best friends to where after a period of time, she moved in with them and her and her family. And so this family was, is devout Christian. Um, and they have this, this woman who's devout into her religion and they're learning about each other and they become best friends. The exchange student unfortunately dies in the, uh, the mass murder of, of students there by a fellow student. And it's just about the grieving process they go through, how they invite her family to come from Pakistan to stay with them in America. Like it's, it's, it's tragic and it's beautiful. And it's all of these like human emotion. Like you can't, like you're you're just like crying. Like I'm sitting on the couch drinking a glass of tea, just crying and reading the story because it's like the, cause you know, it was, you know, it's going to come and then it comes anyway. And it's still um, uh, just just uh, gut wrenching, and then you go through the like, the grieving process with the family and with the student afterwards, and so um, and that student goes to work with. She goes um, to a, a uh, I'm going to say a Latin American country to work with. Um, she goes to a private school and then works with like orphan kids in the side because she felt she needed to go to another country to experience another to keep that that going and to serve and so it's it's a it's a great story and so it's it's it has all the the elements of a great movie um in in one one story i'll share that with our listeners i i do the same thing as you might they stack up the texas monthlies and um yeah. hey this reminds me going back to the declaration of independence the two right the rights of life liberty and pursuit of happiness is what we all seek regardless of the religion or where we think we belong, but I have some serious, I'm going to bring you back to civics questions for you. Uh, just right. to clarify, uh, who is one of your state's U S senators now? John Cornyn and Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Well, I knew Ted Cruz. I didn't realize Cornyn was still there. Okay. Good. Yeah. To know. Um, he's, he's up for election in 2020. Uh, all right. And name your U S representative. Uh, it was, was her- uh, he's new. And I know his name. He just got the money. He, he did something to make the money go away. Wendy Davis is running against him. Jeez, I don't know. I, I'm blanking on his name. Okay, that's the guy fine. Is. He used I, to be to Ted Cruz's chief of staff. I can like describe him. I can facially describe him. Well, who is Will Hurd is a senator? Will Hurd is a state rep. He's state next rep. to okay. me. Okay. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in US 21 and he's US 23. Yeah. So and he's, not, he's not running for re-election. So those are, yeah, it's, well, fair enough. He, he, I don't blame him. Um, yeah, I remember him saying that. So yeah, those are the only things. So the only thing that's helped me with the bigger picture ones, like you're more of a Texas-focused person. Um, I think Pod Save America and other the pods that they give to, they recommend because I'm reminded about legislature, uh, Bill of Rights, the Constitution podcast. That's the only reason why I know many of these things. So nothing really surprised me other than like, I'm like, oh, I have to brush up on the state ones. And yeah. Chip Roy. Um, Sorry. Okay. You used to be, used to, yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. So Will Hurd, who is, um, not to go too far off, is probably considered a moderate, uh, one of the only moderate Republicans. He has an interesting background. He's, I think, the only only African-American and black uh, Republican. But he also breaks with Trump on a lot of things. After Trump did the go back to your country, 
uh, line, he was he he kind of resigned, or not resigned, but said he was not running for re-election after that. But he has he has larger aspirations. Yeah, um, I would love to see him run for a statewide Texas office because he's he would probably be really good in one of those one of those roles. Yeah, and we talked about him. Like he had done that road trip with Beto. Him and Beto rented a car and drove yeah. back to DC because they couldn't go there. And they talked about their differences and similarities. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Okay, I think the civics American government history is pretty good. Uh, brushed so, up on this. So, so yeah. one thing I was kind of impressed with the, the with the website. Just, can you send me the, you send me the link? Yeah, yeah. They have they have these practice questions mm-hmm. in English, Spanish, and Chinese. Yes, they do. That's kind of cool. I think it's really neat. And then they also, I watched a video. I don't know why I watched it last night, but like essentially what to expect when you go in for your interview. Um, so here's like, they have like a 16 minute view of what to, I think is really good for people that are preparing and are maybe nervous of like what's going to happen. Oh, they say review your form before you go. I was like, oh yeah, good. Make yourself. How long is the interview? Uh, it's not long. Like it's, it's essentially they go over the forms you submitted called an N400 if people care to know and then they to verify this is you this is correct if anything's yeah. changed and then um, they ask you the questions up to 10 and then they ask you oh they ask you to read in English and then you have to write a sentence as well so that will be taxing but I imagine it's nerve-wracking I, I, I can't so. imagine because when you when you first ask me some of these questions <laughs> you got just the fact you're asking me questions not that we're on a live podcast and like maybe five people are listening to this. <laughs> um, I, I was like, like it was, it was a little like, Oh wait, what is she asking me? And what is this? And what date was that? And so, um, and, and I have no weight bearing on this. Right. And right. so um, I, I, yeah, I think the interview question and I, I can't wait to hear afterwards, like how, how the interviewee, the interviewer was like in the room, like, do they try to make you at ease or do they like lean into the fact that you're going to be like tense and nervous or I think so. Like unless as as long as I don't get sarcastic, which I'll be, I'll try not to, but it's hard for for a couple of these questions. War Laura is nice. What? (laughs) 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 Well, I better expand my job search outside of the U S yeah. um, I will say that like fear said that the immigration officer felt really bad asking him to read English and write English. And I said, well, your accent's pretty off there. How, how well did you say those <laughs> words in your, in your Irish brogue? And he's like, shut up. Um, so uh, I'll try to keep my boots to a minimum. Just, just write like multiple O's whenever you write it out. Uh, the show that I would like you to see, so I don't, so I can show to you I'm not that Canadian, is Letterkenny. Um, they do a very hard A. Hey, how are you now? Yeah. You, you really don't have a strong accent, but occasionally the long out. O comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, uh, first the U.S. citizenship, and then I can apply for Texan. Is that how it goes? Yes, I, I'll sponsor you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, you, you have to have a sponsor. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> You have to you have to make a pilgrimage to like Marfa. Um, I would like to hear the questions that come from that one as well. You have to make yeah. them up. Well, a lot of like what goes on a bean and cheese taco. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good question. Refried um, beans. What do you season a brisket with when you smoke it? Oh, that's a good one. That yeah, good one. salt and pepper. That's the answer of that. Yeah, and then a lot of questions about the aloe. 
<laughs> how it's fakely built in the middle of your city because yeah. other people t- trampled it. It is. Um, well, we can do a whole. Uh, well, honestly, I haven't kept up with it, but there's, they're redoing the whole Alamo area. They're like leveling the, the Ripley's, believe it or not, which is across the street from the Alamo, which is <laughs> hilarious that that was ever allowed to be built there. Um, they're like a leveling, they're trying to level that whole building um, across uh, between the river and that. I love it. <laughs> Restore the Alamo lands, but we'll see what happens there. Well, um, I thank you for your uh, answering the questions and answering other questions I had in discussion because, uh, yeah, I just started looking at this the other night and I was like, oh, I should look at this now before I go to interview and see see what actual Americans know about the country. So you do very well, Jeff. Oh, actual Americans don't know any of this. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're going to know more than most Americans. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Um, If you're interested, we'll put a link in the show notes for the study materials for the civics and English, if some of you, y'all need that. Um, But there are like, uh, I think it's great. There is audio vision, uh, audio flashcards, different versions. If you want to practice your Espanol with any of these, you can just download the audio version of it and listen up and work on that. Cool. Awesome. Well, good luck. Thanks. I'll keep you posted. I should know right away. So, well, the next time we talk, I'll give you an update. Uh, all right. Until next time, my friend. Bye, y'all.